How's it going, everyone? And welcome to another episode of the Wing It Worldwide podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And today we're talking about a location, this is pretty much overdue, northern Mexico. Right. Someplace I'm very familiar with. Yeah, well, you spent part of your childhood in northern Mexico in Delicias, Chihuahua. Right, which is very close to the main town of Chihuahua, Chihuahua. Chihuahua, Chihuahua. That's right. It's now, capital city. When I went to Chihuahua, I didn't see any Chihuahuas there. <laughs> Which is curious and ironic. But anyway, I actually have some experience with northern Mexico, too, having lived in McAllen, Texas for many years and working in the IT industry. I used to go back and forth across the border to Reynosa, Tamaulipas, which is a border town, and go into the maquiladoras, which are the big Mexican plants that some would argue are taking all the American jobs, and do business with those folks over there. So driving back and forth to Mexico was a part of my doing business. It was a part of my profession. I've also spent lots of time in um, Nuevo Laredo and also spent a lot of time in Matamoros, which is across the border from Brownsville. And, you know, I've spent some time other places in northern Mexico, too. I guess you could talk about places like uh, Punta Penasco, Rocky Point, and Sonora. And I've even taken you to Monterey, Mexico. Yes, and Monterey is certainly in the northern part of Mexico. So let's talk about all of this. First of all, tell me about what it was like to be a child in Mexico. What is Mexico really like, especially in the northern part? Well, you know, back in the 70s when I was little, it was wonderful. It was very peaceful, especially in the little town of Delicias. It's not like it is today. Yeah, Time has definitely changed. But I, we could go to sleep and our doors were open, our windows were open, and you had the fresh air. And that's not like that anymore. Well, I think the first thing we need to note about northern Mexico is it's not like Cancun. It's not like Puerto Vallarta. (laughs) No. It it, is a little different. It is desert. Yes. And it's also the border towns. There's some poverty there for sure. Some of the cartels are running it, Los Zetas. It is not necessarily the safest place to be all the time. There's assassinations. I personally have never been to a place where I felt unsafe at any time other than northern Mexico. When we went, that is very true. Well, we brought that on ourselves. (laughs) We did. We'll explain that in a little bit. But uh, today, it's gotten much better. My family says it's safer for us to come down and visit when we want. For a while there, they told us to stay away. Yeah, relatively recently. Yes, absolutely. But get back to our point. Uh, we did bring about our own troubles. We uh, we had two vehicles of what we could bring, and we decided to bring mine. Mine was a Hummer. Yeah, the short bus, a bright yellow Hummer H2 with Texas tags. And hey, we're going to drive around northern Mexico <laughs> in this thing to see your relatives. Remember, I grew up, and to me, Mexico was very peaceful, so it was hard for me to imagine that times were changing. And uh, you can't do that. So we did anyway. Well, you know, it isn't only bad guys, too. I mean, let's be realistic here. We brought danger upon ourselves in many, many ways. And we had our young son. Our daughter hadn't been born yet. Right. John was only five months old. Right. And he was meeting some of your family down in Mexico for the first time. So it all started with crossing the border at Ciudad Juarez across from El Paso which is infamous a place as there is in northern Mexico. We went to a wedding there. and I mean, they're locking our truck up inside the gate at night and everything. And, you know, had a decent time there. And then we started driving south. Now, the first adventure was getting the right to drive into Mexico past, what is it, about 30 miles? Yes. You have to stop 
at the Alawana and then you have to register your vehicle and they don't want to do it and it takes forever. But finally you become what we figured out are like the few and the crazy who are actually traipsing below the 30 mile line or 20 mile line. You know, people are going to write in telling us we're stupid. I don't remember <laughs> how far down it is, it but it's felt not far. <laughs> it felt far. Okay. And you definitely feel even farther away from home after you cleared that boundary. Okay. So there we are. And we're driving through this desert on a horse with no name in the form of our yellow Hummer with Texas tags. And we're like, you know, if we break down, we're screwed, basically. You know, we're in the middle of nowhere. We get to Chihuahua. We meet your family. Uh, we went to that place that has like the hot springs. Yes. It's Boquillas. Boquillas. Yeah, right. And uh, that was a wonderful thing to do. Your family are wonderful, kind, hospitable people who cook really well. And so from Chihuahua, we said, hey, you know, while we're down here, let's have ourselves a little bit of an adventure. So we decide we're going to drive to Monterrey, back to Nuevo León, and then back to San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Now, to get there, we have to go through the cartels outback in Durango. We drove through Durango. We got through there at night, which was crazy. And pay the high toll fees. Yeah, right. Okay. It so, was the most we've ever paid. You know, we have this reputation in-house of not being able to get on the road until a lot later than we want to. <laughs> so we're way behind. We end up being in Durango by night. As it turns out, you know, on my list of places I've traveled, Durango State in Mexico ranks near the top of like one of the hardest places to get to. Like nobody ever goes there. And so we go through there, right? We get to Torreon and, you know, we should have gotten gas in Torreon, Emily. Yeah, well, how would we know right. that since we're leaving the city, there's a sign that says no more gas facilities for, what, 100 and something miles? Yeah, 100 kilometers, thankfully. 100 kilometers. <laughs> and, okay, no big deal. We'll just turn around and go back. There's no way to turn around. Now, let me explain something about Mexico. If something seems like it makes sense in Mexico... Do the opposite, and you'll probably be doing the right thing. Like, for example, there's a big divided highway, you know, four lanes on each side. You stop at a light, and you turn right. Next thing you know, here's a big Dina truck about to tattoo you with its logo on your <laughs> forehead, and because both sides go the same way. There's not, like, one of them going north and one of them going south. And then every time you make a mistake in Mexico... There's always four or five macho guys standing in the corner going <laughs> and pointing at you. That's like a fixture in Mexico. You will not escape having four or five macho guys laugh at you anywhere you go in Mexico. So this was no exception. And you're thinking, there's no way in hell I was supposed to know the difference. Right. Well, you looked at me like, um, how accurate is your gas gauge? And <laughs> can we actually make it with Back what's to the on main there? Story, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we have enough. Are you sure? We have enough. Of course, I'm not really sure. You know, my point about whatever it is you want to do in Mexico that you think is reasonable, do the opposite. That applied to this situation. They tell you after there's no more gas to be had that, hey, there's no more gas to be had. <laughs> hey, can a brother get a sign before the Pemex station? Or I a U-turn. Or a U-turn. I mean, <laughs> there's like this divider. There's no way to get around this. It's like the four macho guys in the corner laughing and pointing at you, <laughs> you know, in the form of this sign. Well, it's also the middle of the night. So there we are driving through what's called State at that point. Middle of the night. Who knows if we're going to make it to Saltillo or not without running out of gas. But God was smelling on us and we coasted in on fumes 
only to find a police checkpoint when we got there. Right. Yeah. I tell you, those last few miles were the quietest. We didn't utter not one sound. We it were, was the equivalent of a white knuckle flight, basically. We yeah. were wondering if we were going to make it. We didn't say a word. We're just hoping and praying. Mosaltillo turned out to be a neat little town. Lots of bars. It was so cute. I wish we could have spent the night yeah, there. Yeah, who knew, right? And then we drove into Monterrey and enjoyed the hell out of Monterrey. Yeah, they have a place, a beautiful waterfall called Cola de Caballo. Which is actually horse's rear end. Horse but they tail. mean horse's tail is what they mean. Yeah, wonderful place to go. And the drive up to that place in Monterrey is really wonderful. Definitely. You know, Monterey, people rave about. People take a bus ride from San Antonio to Monterey all the time. And it was my first time there. And it's surrounded by mountains. It's really a very pretty city. Uh, we got some great cabrito there. Oh, my. Yes. They do it right. Yeah. Cabrito, of course, is barbecued goat. And not really my thing. So I ate some of yours and got something completely different. But Mexican food in northern Mexico varies. I mean, the uh, saltillo... Mexican food would be different than the Montereno Mexican food. Um, all things considered, what you get kind of along the Texas border is a lot different than what you'd get in the Sonoran Desert. And indeed, once again, what you would get in uh, Baja, where Tijuana is. I mean, I love the food over there towards the West Coast. But Mexican food, oh, that's crickets. The Mexican food in Mexico is nothing like Tex-Mex, nothing like Taco Bell, certainly. It's truly Mexican food. It's a little different, but much the same. Oh, also. yeah. Delicious. You'll recognize it. Recognizable as Mexican food, but indeed different than what you get in America. I, I will say this. The last couple of times I've been to Mexico, they've changed a lot of things going on in Mexico, uh, such as how they handle the borders. A lot easier to get in. There's a lot less red tape. We didn't have to deal with the craziness of trying to get the vehicle in. Uh, even crossing the border for the day was really simple. It was just going through this little S type of place where your vehicle drives this little loopy area until you get to the other side. Much, much easier. They've simplified it much more because they're wanting tourists to come and visit. You mean you didn't have to pay the police guys a mordida like I did? <laughs> Not anymore, no. They've, they've, they're trying really hard to get rid of that. Yeah, there's nothing like driving your yellow Hummer with Texas tags through a police checkpoint. They pull you over and say, oh, you know, there's something wrong with your car. I need all your money. Yeah, right. You know, I emptied my wallet for these guys and I'm like, passe. <laughs> you know, I don't think that's going on as much as it used to, but it sure happened to us. Yeah. It was part of the adventure, I guess. Well, we'll it, was on it, our, it was on our way out of, you know, heading out of the country. And so you see Texas license plates heading towards Texas. This was a, an opportunity to say, look, we're going to confiscate your vehicle. Well, is there anything that we can do about it? A little extra cash helps. Right, exactly. And you're kind of forced into it or they're going to say they're going to put you in jail for the night and see a judge. And, and you'll never see your car. And as I remembered, it was also the last day my passport was valid. Oh, something like that. Yeah, that's why we had to leave Mexico because my passport was going to expire, so I had no choice. But hey, like I said, it's all part of the adventure. You can find out more about what we're up to at www.wingitworldwide.com. You can also check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Pinterest. All of it's Wing It Worldwide. And if you like the show, please leave a review and mark a five-star for us so we can... Uh, know you're out there, know that we're doing good work here and that you're enjoying it uh, because yeah, we need that feedback from you guys to do these shows. We appreciate that. And until we talk to you again on the next show, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. The 
Wing It Worldwide podcast is copyright X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Remember, you can go to the show notes page at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. There you'll find out much more about all the destinations talked about by Scott and Emily on this show. Remember, if there's anything left out that you wanted to hear, chances are you'll find it there. It's all at www.wingitworldwide.com front slash podcast. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Wing It Worldwide podcast. Until next time, be good and have fun.